Welcome back to 80s Action Pod 1984. I'm Jay the Movie Guy, amateur podcaster, doing this for fun, just a chance for me to uh, reminisce and rewatch movies, TV shows, jump on the Google machine, as my father says, and uh, look at stuff that happened back, back in the years I'm checking out. But a little bit about me, as I said, I was born in Pennsylvania, moved upstate New York, and then lived in Ohio throughout the 1980s. And uh, this week, with everything that's going on um, with Russia and the Ukraine, I actually had a a memory or an event that happened in my life that uh, started in 1989. Um, I was living in Ohio. My father was the caretaker of a uh, church camp. And during the summers, we would hire international students to come in and work at the camp. And it was really cool. I mean, we lived there for three, four years, and we had kids come in from all over the world. India, Japan, Mexico, Puerto Rico, I mean, Poland, Switzerland, um, Germany. And uh, this just reminds me of... uh, the summer of uh, 1990, I know, not the 80s, 1990. However, the event started in 89. And uh, that summer, the summer of 1990, we had two guys working there. Um, one guy's name was Frank, who was from Dusseldorf, Germany. And we had Andreas, who was from East Berlin. And now Berlin's all one city, but then it was still East Berlin in the... Uh, and the uh, end, ending part of 1989 is when the the wall through Berlin started coming down. I mean, not coming down. It was still actually physically standing. But people of Berlin could cross the wall. I mean, they weren't they weren't arrested. They weren't shot. They weren't they they had access to go back and forth to both sides. And I mean, you should know about the the Berlin Wall. I mean, it was after World War II, Berlin and Germany was split, and uh, there was, even though Berlin was technically in East Germany, the city of Berlin was basically split into four, and uh, the one part controlled by uh, the Russians was East Berlin, and the rest was West Berlin, which was basically the Allied forces had control of it, but it was free, and you could travel from West Berlin out. But if you were in East Berlin, you were stuck. And the wall just went up. I mean, it went up overnight. Families were divided and everything from right there. So when the wall came down, it was a big to-do. I mean, I mean, world impacting of the wall. But I remember when it happened. I mean, when the people started crossing where the wall was. I mean, we watched it on the news every night. And well, now you flash forward to the summer of 1990, and during during the uh, weekends, a lot of the guys, they were a lot of the um, counselors who were there from overseas, would all get together when they were done and time off their weekend off. We'd go miniature golfing or go to the movies and stuff like that. Well, we're at my house, and um, Andreas and Frank, from both of them from Germany. We're sitting in my house. We were getting ready to go when the news came on, and on it was in June, 
And that's when the wall, they started bringing the wall down. And Frankfurt from Dusseldorf, free Germany at the time, I mean, he was like, cool, this is awesome. Yeah, this is historic. This is great for the country. And Andreas is just sitting there, floored, and just tears coming down his face. And he says, I never thought I would see this in my lifetime, that the wall, it's not there. It's divided it divided families and everything like that. And just the emotion. So we're sitting there watching. And one of the iconic scenes is you see this big slab come down. And uh, we're watching that scene. At the early stages of them tearing down the wall. And Andreas is like watching and seeing all the faces. And he, he was the reason he was crying is not the fact that it was happening. is because he wanted to be there. Because for him and his family, it was so historic. Doric, and he was watching it and he's like oh my god oh my god that's that's my cousin or that's that's my uncle and he's seeing family members on tv who are at the wall and just the the, the party that was basically coming from this historic event i mean because if you remember from going from 89 to 90 david hasselhoff performed new year's on the wall Okay, yes, the Baywatch guy. But, I mean, you also think he was a musical artist. He was huge in Germany. And he performed at the Wall from 89 to 90. And it was just, to me, it was just something really cool having two people from both both ends and sides in Germany sitting in my house watching on TV the start of them dismantling the Wall there in early June of uh, 1990. And I was just... I always, I will always have that memory. I, I've lost complete track of Andreas, but I am actually still friends with uh, Frank Frank from uh, from in Dusseldorf. He actually now lives in Austria, but off of Facebook. Thank God for Facebook at times. But uh, and he was he was probably one of my best best friends back then too. My younger brother actually got to uh, spend I think almost two weeks with him going across Germany, from Germany to Spain to Portugal and all that. They road tripped across Europe, so I was so jealous about that. But I was, I believe I was in college at the time. But, so that's just one of those memories, especially with what's going on right now between Russia and the Ukraine. And it kind of actually, this kind of actually goes into uh, the movie I'm going to be talking about this year, or not this year, this week on, uh, uh, for 1990, or 1984, talking about the 90s it got me flustered but and it with what's going on between Russia and Ukraine because as I said I've had friends from the church camp who were from Lithuania or uh, St. Petersburg or whatever it's called now it might be St. Petersburg but we're from Russia and the areas there and Poland and Turkey and India I mean, well, India is not involved but I mean so it was really cool that I was lucky enough to meet and have friends from these parts of the country. But uh, this is just a really cool story that I'll always hang on to about the Berlin Wall and having someone from free free West Germany and uh, from East Berlin. And um, my dad actually bought, which I now have in my possession, a, uh, a chunk, a certified chunk of the Berlin Wall. So, so with me rambling and reminiscing about my... Uh, childhood and 
and all that. I was I was a junior in high school when this happened. So, so with that, let's sit back and enjoy 1984. Welcome to August 10th, 1984. Soviet Union suffers the worst wheat harvest in 55 years. Labor and food rights in Poland. Soviet troops invade. Cuba and Nicaragua reach troop strength goals of 500,000. El Salvador and Honduras fall. Green Party gains control of West German Parliament demands the withdrawal of nuclear weapons from European soil. Mexico plunged into revolution. NATO dissolves. The United States stands alone. That is the opening tag of 1984's Red Dawn. The movie that stars Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, Jennifer Grey, Leah Thompson, C. Thomas Howe, and Powers Booth. Patrick Swayze plays Jed, and his younger brother, played by Charlie Sheen, is Matt. The movie starts with Jed driving Matt and his friend to school on a Monday. As they drive by the football field, the score from Friday night's game is still there, where the team lost, the Wolverines lost. And Jed joking, man, they should have taken that down. And his brother Matt says, uh, you lost a game before. Jed was like, no, no, I didn't. So, Jed drives off and the kids go on into school. And then you go into the classroom and they have the social studies teacher talking about Genghis Khan. And as he's giving his lesson, he looks out the window and he sees paratroopers falling. So he goes over and he uh, starts looking, all right, I think these guys are off course. And the students are like, oh my word, what's going on? What's going on? And they make their way to the windows and as the paratroopers are falling, something you can tell something's up. And he walks outside and says, I think you guys are off. And then all of a sudden the soldiers are yelling in Russian and they just open fire and they shoot and kill the teacher right off the bat. And then they just lay down some machine gun fire right at the school. And you can see one student actually get shot and killed leaning over the window. All the other students and everybody, they start panicking. Everybody starts running. What do we do? What do we do? And we are now at the beginning of World War III. So as the kids are running out, Jed shows back up in the pickup truck and says, come on, let's go, let's go. And they jump in and they tear off and they start going through and they're being shot at. They're making their way through town and going off. And they're dodging, dodging Russians and gunfire and all that. And uh, they end up trying to make, they go uh, run into their father and the father says go out into the woods you guys can survive you'll be fine on their way out they stop at a gas station to pick up supplies fill up the gas tank and everything like that so and they pick up they pick up a couple other students while they're doing this and they're heading out there and they stop and they pick up guns they pick up ammo they pick up bows and arrows they pick up sleeping bags and whatever food they can haul and as they get in the truck they start heading up to the mountains and all of a sudden, they're coming to this blockade. They're like, oh, no, we're screwed. What are we going to do? So they start going off-roading. And the the uh, 
the insurgents, the Russians, it's a, it's a mixture of Russians, Cubans, Mexicans. And uh, they start giving chase when a helicopter comes by and it's, a, it's an American copper chopper. And they, they shoot them, shoot the uh, bad guys and they head off into the mountains. So now you got this ragtag of high schoolers making their way up into the mountains, trying to figure out what's going on. What do we do? And uh, this is September. So as they're up there, they realize uh, they got to make do. They can live off the land. And they, I mean, this is their backyard. They, they know what's going to do. They go up in these mountains all the time. They hunt and everything like that. So they're up there and they're, they're completely away from communications. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. They, they come in a little bit. They try to figure out what's going on in town. And uh, they see... Well, the town's still there. It's not, it hasn't been burnt down or anything like that. So they sneak their way back into town trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, they have it fenced up. And they, they make their way in and they try to talk to a couple people, but they're, they're ignored and they make their way into a, a pharmacy. And they're like, what's going on? And she doesn't want to talk, doesn't want to talk. But she tells them that... Uh, some people were made an examples of other people were sent to a uh, re-education camp and it, Jed and Matt are like well where's our dad and they said they took him to the education camp and so they they're like alright they said just get out of here just go but they got to see their dad so they make their way there in, in the in the night and they're like dad what do we do what do we do and he's just like survive you guys this is our land we know what you're doing you can take it out there just don't cry for me. Don't cry for anybody anymore. This is war. You got you got to bottle it up. You got to use it. So they're like, all right, all right. And then as they're walking away, their dad yells, avenge me, avenge me. So, and so they, they start making their way out and they make a stop at a cabin and uh, at a ranch and a uh, friend of the family. And they're like, well, you can come in, come in and have some food, get what you need. And, uh, they're like, just head on out. You guys are, you're doing good. Here's a radio. Now you know what's going on in town. But we want you to take our granddaughters with you. So they take, they take the girls and they take some horses and they head on up. And they're just trying to figure out what's going on. And then they realize that uh, they're right in the middle. They're right in the middle of World War Three now. So they're. They're up there in the mountains and they're like doing some exploring, trying to figure out what's going on. And they're at a, a historical marker from uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And they're like going around there when a couple of the uh, bad guys, um, the insurgents show up and uh, they're hiding from them. And they're there like being tourists, all touristy over the scenic view and all that. And uh, well, something happens, they're found out and it, this is the, their first interaction where they actually kill the three of them. But the one guy fought, does get to a radio and says, help us, help us, help us. And But they don't see exactly what. But So they make their way, the Jed and Matt and the ragtag bunch of high schoolers, they make their way back in, back into their hiding spot. And uh, now the bad guys know, the insurgents know that, uh, all right, there's, there's a group up here. We got to figure out what's going on. And they start using uh, guerrilla warfare, and they're like, "We we need to find the 
find out who these people are and we got to get them. So they decide what they're going to do is they're going to start making an example of the people in the town. So they pull some out there. They have them dig, dig the graves for the uh, soldiers who were killed. And then they put them off there and they, they shoot them all. And uh, Jed and Matt and those guys, they're, they, they see what's happening from a distance. Then they get mad and they're upset. And I was like, oh, no, what do we do? And they said, so we fight. We take this. We fight. We avenge them. So now, now, they're, now it's guerrilla warfare. It's like they're they're popping up and they're attacking different different areas and different things. They're in their small groups here. Um, they actually get sneak into town one time, and uh, they plant a bomb in a movie theater and they blow that up. And they're just they're doing what they can because they realize that they're 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 by themselves here. There's there's no help coming at this time. So as they're, as they're doing this, and he has some pretty good fight scenes in here and there popping around. And all of a sudden they see uh, one of the girls uh, see a, uh, the remains of a, uh, an American fighter that was shot down. So she makes her way over, and it's a colonel from uh, who ejected from his plane. And she's like, are you an American? And he says, red-blooded from Texas. And she goes, well, yeah, what's the... Uh, capital of Texas and he goes it's Austin she goes no it's Houston well there's an inside joke with that but obviously Austin is the capital of Texas and they take him back and now now they get now they find out what's really going on they found out that uh, they took over commercial planes and came in and paratrooped in and they have basically the Rocky Mountains all the way down to uh, Mexico is occupied territory California and the west coast and then east of the Mississippi is free America so they now are now they have a little bit of help from the military they know what's going on and they're also told people know about you on the other side They, they hear they hear things and they know what's going on they know you're here and in the spring the government is going to try to actually bring you some green berets and some help. And it's like springs a long way away because now this is November, early December and they're up in the mountains and it's getting cold, but they're, they're still, they're, they're making their attacks. They're coming in and they're blowing things up. They're taking out machine guns and they're just, they're, they're, they're surviving. They're basically, that's what they're doing. This they're surviving and they're going through and they're just being a nuisance. And, so finally, the uh, a Russian a Russian leader comes in with the with the insurgents, and he says, basically says, uh, they call themselves the Wolverines, which is a, basically a vicious rodent. So he says, what do you got to do? Is what happens? They, then they use the analogy of a fox in a hen house. It says, well, what do you do? Do you think like a chicken or do you think like a fox? He said, you got to think like a fox. So we got to get these kids and we got to, we just got to go after them like they're going after us. So now it's, it's the dead of winter and they're, they're making their way out to them. And they're sitting there and they're watching. They're, they're watching actually now they, they make their way to where the, basically the line in the sand is drawn where the U S forces and the, 
and the Russian forces are lobbying tank fire back and forth. And while they're there, there's a tank battle, and all of a sudden it seems like that the tanks know where they're at. So they, they end up, they blow up a tank, they, uh, they have a couple casualties, and then as they're getting away, they, they realize that they're being uh, tracked, basically. They're, all of a sudden, these Russian forces, all in all white, show up, and they're like following something and all that, and they, have a, they hide out, they have a little firefight, they, they, they hold them off, they, they do that, but they realize that one of the, uh, one of the uh, uh, kids is, has, has a tracker in him. Um, I've got to mention, he's the son of the mayor of town. So, and the mayor is like being a puppet head down there and there he's, there's using him for propaganda to keep everybody in, tr- in check. But they realize that he's got this tracker. Now he's led to casualties and they actually actually have a Russian soldier captured and they're like trying to figure out right, what's going on. What do we do? And finally they just get upset because they've had friends die. They've had their parents get shot and killed. And, uh, they um, they shoot they shoot their own one of their own who has the tracker in it. It's like you brought this upon us. And then they shoot the Russian, and then they go off, and then then it's quiet for a little bit. But now you now you're getting rolling into the beginning of spring, and they're out there and they're getting ready. They're they come up across a small convoy and they're getting ready to take it out. And uh, they're they're ready to shoot it with a rocket launcher when all of a sudden they get in, they pull away, and two gigantic crates fall out. And it's full of fruit and food and bread and stuff like that. So they're like, all right, sneak down. We'll get it and we'll get it back and we're good. And now they really don't say it in the movie. But I believe this is the part of the thing where the Russian was like, all right, we're going to leave them this to catch them off guard. Because as they go down and get the food and they're enjoying it, they have some apples and they're having some oranges and some bread. And they're just, they're finally really eating some good food. When all of a sudden, three gigantic helicopters come out, gunships, and uh, they fire down. They get on the horses. They're trying to get a, get away, and they, they they suffer some more casualties. So now we're um, Jennifer Gray's character. I can't remember her name. I, I just watched the movie last night too, and uh, she gets she gets mortally wounded, and she asks Jed just. Just kill me. I, if they if they torture me, I'll talk. I don't want to talk. So just and he says I can't do it. And she goes, well then hand me a grenade. So so they give her a grenade and they go off. And then the helicopters land and they're like, oh we we've killed at least thirteen or fourteen of them. And the 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 one colonel is like, really, thirteen or fourteen? I see one. Well they carry their dead with them. I said he's like, no, I see one. This was almost a failed mission. And then all of a sudden, you hear an explosion, and the, her grenade goes off. She's she'd already died, but a soldier rolled her over. So even in death, she takes out a soldier. So now they're down to basically four of them. So you got Jed, Matt, and you have uh, Leah Thompson and one of their other friends, and they're like, you know what? You two have to make it to free America. We're going to go into town. We're going to cause a ruckus. We're going to give you a chance to get out. Just go. 
So that we don't want to go. We don't want to go. And he goes, no, you have to. You have to be. You have to survive. So they start making their way for free America. Jed and Matt make their way into town. And that's what they do. They just start causing havoc. They they take things out with rocket launchers. They lay down machine gun fire. And they're just, they're just wrecking havoc through town. And uh, they jump on a train as they're trying to make, they're, they're trying to make their way out. And uh, Matt's shot. He, he's, he's shot. So Jed jumps off and, and he ends up going to him, to going to Matt and trying to get him so, so they can go together. And uh, one of the, the, uh, the Russian who was coming in talks about, you, you got to think like the fox. He, he comes around and he, he's like, all right, train's passed. He can get to him and he's making his way over there. And Jed and him have a nice little shootout. Jed, Jed gets shot too. And, uh, but he, he shoots and kills the Russian and they're making their way through. And uh, Jed's carrying Matt. When they come to a, uh, there's a Colonel, Colonel Bella. Um, should have said this earlier, but Colonel Bella is there. I believe he's from Nicaragua, but he's, he doesn't want to be there. He thinks this is wrong. And, uh, he's just like, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. And he's, he's, he's been like the voice of the reason for the insurgents, but they don't listen to him. And he basically was writing his resignation letter when Matt and, uh, Jed came in to do all this and says, okay, I'm done. I'm going home. And, uh, as Jed's carrying Matt, Colonel Bella comes up and he sees him and he's just like, you know what? No, forget it. And this, he says, go on, just, just go on. I never saw you. And, uh, as Jed's carrying Matt away, he goes via Condios. And he just, he was done. And Matt, and Jed make their way to the to the park, and uh, they just sit on the bench. And uh, Matt ends up dying in Jed's arms. But you and then you never see Jed die, but you assume he does just because he was also shot. They're behind enemy lines. They're being hunted. And uh, after that, it pans back to uh, you. You assume America won and forced him out because you pan back to uh, Leah Thompson's character as uh, they're coming up to a memorial to the Wolverines um, called uh, uh, what is it? Partisan's Rock where they've all wrote their names down and on the rock and about, they said this is where they marked the names of the dead and uh, and there's this big memorial basically saying how they helped turn the tide to the war, the war and everything like that and then the movie ends. So that's a quick rundown. I do not do the movie justice. This is literally one of my top 25 movies of all time. This is this is the one of the quintessential action movies of the 1980s. I've pro- it's probably been about five six years since I've watched this before watching it just the other night. And um, it's one of those I can keep going back to. I don't care if it's dated. I don't care. Um, I prefer it over the remake by far and um, just it takes you back to a grittier time when uh, for 80s action movies so that's me 
rambling on for about 20 minutes on Red Dawn. All right, my friends, if you are anything like me on the weekends, you like to pull out the smoker or the grill, even in the dead of winter or the heat of the summer. I like to throw on some pork, some brisket, some chicken wings. It doesn't matter. But you know, barbecue sauce just does not have that kick or flavor that I want. That's why I reach for Half's Hot Sauce. What is Half's Hot Sauce, you ask? Well, let me tell you what. Half's Hot Sauce is a small batch company that makes all natural sauces with lots of local ingredients to Ohio. They strive to bring you a sauce that you want to use on everything from desserts to savory dishes. And not just hot sauce, they also have beef bamboo jerky and snack sticks and honey. But I'm there for the hot sauce. You can get flavors like Maine Squeeze, More Cowbell, Trippy Pickle, Pineapple, Hot Tropic, and the old Razzle Dazzle. They have other flavors too. Just so many, so many good flavors that you got to try them. They also have honey. They got Bosler's Raw Wildflower Clove Honey. You can also get it infused with habanero or ghost pepper. But let me tell you, you can go to halfshotsauce.com and you can see and check out their inventory yourselves. But on checkout, type in the word 80s and you'll get 5% off of your order. That's the word 80s, not 8-0, but I'm talking 80s. Spell it out and you'll get 5% and tell them Jay the Movie Guy sent you. So let's talk about Red Dawn, releasing on August 10th of 1984. It made $8.2 million opening weekend and did a domestic gross of 38.3. Now remember, at this time, domestic gross was just the United States. It really wasn't until uh, uh, Avatar came out that they decided, well, let's talk about international gross and, and all that. But no. So during this time, it was just domestic gross, which was $38.3 million. And if you count for inflation on the ticket prices, that's roughly today the movie would have made around $280 million to $300 million, which is pretty darn good for it. Now on the Rotten Tomato... The critics really didn't care for it because Red Dawn only has a 48%. But the audience score is a 65%. So, obviously, the audience and the fans actually liked it better than the critics, which does not surprise me. So, what happened with Red Dawn? Red Dawn also came out with, I believe it was a 2012 remake which stars uh, Josh Hutcherson and uh, Chris Hemsworth and it was it shadow that sat on the shelves probably for a year and a half never thought it was going to be made but they eventually did did make the movie and or released the movie it was made so I I prefer the original way more than the re, the remake even though the remake does have some good stuff. 
But a few other things about the movie is that uh, Patrick Swayze, who uh, unfortunately passed away a few years ago with pancreatic cancer, was an incredible actor and probably an actor in some of my favorite, favorite action movies of all time. And, uh, and Jennifer Grey, uh, a couple years later, teamed up to do Dirty Dancing. Uh, this was Charlie Sheen's actual first movie credit uh, credit because uh, with his family, he was ba- a background extra in a few movies. But uh, Red Dawn was his true first uh, movie credit. And another thing, the uh, the original part of Jed was actually supposed to go to Emilio Estevez. But he was tied up in filming uh, the movie Repo, Repo Men. And because some of the actors had worked uh, just a couple years earlier with Patrick Swayze, um, C. Thomas Howe was one of them, said, uh, why don't you bring uh, Patrick Swayze and we can vouch for him. He was great on The uh, Outsiders. So Patrick Swayze was brought in for that. And a few other interesting facts is um, if you were to look back at the promotional information about the movie, uh, original movie trailers, some posters, they actually had a scene that was filmed in a McDonald's where they had the Russian soldiers uh, at McDonald's and everything like that. And it was actually cut a lot like for the same reason why, if you remember in 2000, when they were uh, doing the Spider-Man where the original trailer for Spider-Man was um, the bank robbery. And then you ended up having the helicopter being uh, um, hung up between the, the twin towers. And then also there was uh, a movie called gangster squad that uh, in the, the original movie trailers there had the uh, um a shootout in a movie theater. And just before the movie, that movie was released. Um, there was unfortunately the shooting, um, the dark Knight shooting, um, in Aurora, Colorado. So they turned around and did, uh, and pulled that out. But the reason the McDonald's was taken out was, I, I remember, I remember seeing the news footage of this in California there was an actual shooting, a mass shooting in a McDonald's and they just were like, nope, let's just pull it out and yank it. And so they ended up doing that, which I actually think it was, it was worth it. It was definitely the, the correct call. It didn't need it. The movie didn't need it to have anything like that. Um, now here's a little bit of trivia for Red Dawn the fact that uh, a lot of people say it was the first ever PG-13 movie. And that's partially correct. Actually, The Flamingo Kid was actually the first movie given a PG-13 rating. Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie released. Flamingo Kid got the rating and then didn't come out until later on that year. I believe it was uh, end of November, early December when uh, the Flamingo Kid was released. So that's that's uh, one of those 
trivia questions that could be right, depending on how you word it or anything like that. So, and then I was also doing some looking into it and uh, some of the movie posters for the movie. I actually put this up on my Facebook page and this is the one I love. I love this was uh, at 8.44 a.m. A full scale military invasion by foreign troops begin. Total surprise. Almost total success. A gang of high school students become the last line of defense. And uh, I always, I, I thought that was funny. I like, I like that tag. I don't want to say it was funny. I like that tagline. Um, I actually found a movie poster with that tagline on it, and I actually took a pic, had a picture of it, and put it up on my on the Facebook page. Um, if you're not, if you're not following, it's '80s Action Pod. Just click like, and you can follow. I post stuff on it a couple times a week. So it's it's just one of those things I, I find fun to do. Um, a few other things about the movie. Um, my question is, why is it a small town? Wouldn't you think they would make like Denver or someone like somewhere like that the uh, the key the key point where they wanted to be instead of some small backwoods town out in Colorado? I I, was, I always thought that I always thought it was funny. Um, a couple other things. Um, the, the original title of the script was called Ten Soldiers. Um, Red Dawn is also based upon a book. Um, the, in the book, uh, it takes place in Michigan. I've never read the book. I actually, I've, I actually looked for it, but I haven't been able to find it, which is funny is because with Amazon, you should be able to find anything and everything. Um, they actually, the actors went through, um, an actual boot camp where they were living out in the woods. They were shown how to use guns correctly. They were, they were completely trained on what they were doing. And, um, some, some funny stories that come out around this is that, uh, their props, their, their tanks and everything like that. They made for the Russians were so realistic that the CIA was actually called in to investigate thinking that there was an actual invasion. Um, you guys, you got to remember, this movie came out right in the middle of the Cold War. So the CIA came in, um, they built a gas station that was so realistic that uh, people on the highway were actually getting off to try to get gas when they found out it was a movie set. They were, it was kind of funny. And so, and uh, one other thing is, everything in the movie was practical effects. There were no CGI. There were no miniatures or models. Everything was a two-scale, actual, legit explosion. So this is back when uh, movies were. I mean, I mean, no CGI, no green screen, and everything like that. So it gives it gives the movie the full grittiness, which um, I truly, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I really did, and uh, it's one of my favorites, as I said, of all time. So that is uh, just a little quick behind the scenes and a little rundown on uh, Red Dawn. So we'll finish up here talking about what was going on in the world um, 
in the summer, late summer of uh, 1984. Well, one thing I always find funny is uh, my mother has always said um, she's 39. You ask her how old she is, she's 39. She's always 39. Well, ironically, on August 10th of 1984, when the day Red Dawn was released, was actually my mother's 39th birthday. So if she ever hears this, she's probably going to kill me. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> it's something funny that's always just stuck with me my entire life. Um, biggest thing going on in the summer of 94, or 94, 84, was uh, the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. That's where all the news is really coming from. Uh, this was the, the Olympics that uh, the Soviet Union actually boycotted and wasn't there. Um, but it also had a uh, uh, record number of nations, 140 nations that were at the Olympics. And some of the things that happened um, during this time, um, not Olympic related, was a bomb attack on an Indian India airport, which killed 32 um, from the Olympics on August 3rd. Mary Lou Retton scores a perfect 10 on her final vault to win the individual all-around competition, becoming the first American woman to win an Olympic uh, Olympic good gymnastics medal. And then we turn around um, in uh, on August 5th, American super hurdler Edwin Moses wins the 400 400 meter hurdles gold at the Los Angeles Games his 105th consecutive race victory. And then we, a couple other things, uh, in August 7th, Japan beats the United States 6-3 in the final of the Los Angeles Olympics baseball demonstration event. So this was before baseball became an official Olympic sport. It was a demonstration. A couple other things here on Broadway. Rink closes at the Martin Beck Theater in New York City after 204 performances. Um, find this uh, kind of ironic because uh, my daughter actually played in rink in our local theater. So, I have always found that show. It's a very good show. It's a very underrated show. But other than that, I mean, everything else was based more around uh, the Olympics that was happening at this time. So, now, if we turn around and we talk about uh, the out the charts, the music charts, the music of 1984 was freaking incredible. I mean, some of the bands, some of the albums and everything like that. However, when Red Dawn came out, When Doves Cry by Prince was the number one song. It was a four-week stretch from July 14th to August 4th. On August 11th, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr., took over the number one spot. But 1984 was the year of Prince because you had When Doves Cry, you turn around, you have Purple Rain was number one. Let's go crazy. Prince just dominated the charts in 1984. But there was so much good music back then. I mean, we had Footloose, Against All Odds, Let's Hear It For The Boys, Time After Time, Reflex, Dancing In The Dark, Let's Go Crazy. Uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, Wild Boys, Like a Virgin, that's the start of Madonna's uh, skyrocketing to uh, superstardom. And now in the movies in 1984, um, some of this surprises me. The number one movie 
1984. I mean, well, the number three, two, and one. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was number three. Beverly Hills Cop was number two. And Ghostbusters was the top movie of 84 with $242 million. And if you count inflation today, that's probably rolling in. It probably would have made just under a billion dollars. So, I mean, some of the other movies that came out in 84, you have Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Purple Rain, Splash, Tightrope, The Natural, Revenge of the Nerds. Red Dawn was the 19th rated movie or grossing movie of the year. And then you you get further down. Dune, which was considered an, an apocalyptic failure with how much it cost to make the movie. And then now we get the remake this year on HBO Max. And then The Flamingo Kid, which we talked about earlier, which was actually technically the first movie to get a PG-13 rating. And it only grossed $23.8 million, $23. million that year. So, I mean, the movies in uh, 84, and this to me, this is the start of my wheelhouse. 84, 85, 86. This is when movies and music and all this was starting to... Uh, to shape who I was and what I like and everything like that. So, so that's basically some of the stuff going on in 1984. Cause I mean, I remember the, the Olympics was must see. I mean, you got Carl Lewis and, um, Oh geez. Mary Lou Renton dominated. And then, I mean, this was still when college basketball players played on the team, but you had Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan winning the Olympic gold medal. Then, so with that, I mean, with that, I mean, that's basically what was going on at this time in in um, 1984, right around the time the movie came out. So there really wasn't a lot going on, but there was at the same time with the Olympics. So that's what I got um, for this movie for this week. Just me rambling around about Red Dawn, looking up what was going on in uh, 84, talking about the music, the movies, um, a little bit talking about my mother a little bit. And uh, so thanks for listening. And uh, in two weeks, as I said, the next couple weeks are going to be some of my all time favorite movies. Um, And next week is no different. Love Red Dawn. But I think in two weeks, the movie I'm going to be talking about is considered a colossal flop at the movie theaters but to me it is one of the best movies i watch this quite often um some of the the one of the songs of the soundtrack is one of my all-time favorite songs and let's just say fair is fair and yes i'm going to be talking about the legend of billy jean in two weeks I'm, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag now because I'm probably going to watch it three times before before I talk about it and bring it up on the podcast. So, and one last thing I do have to say is when I picked this movie, I picked this in uh, way back in November, December, um, not realizing what was going to be happening now with uh, Russia and the Ukraine. Um, how Russia basically invaded the the Ukraine, sort of like what happened in this movie. So this was not planned to because of what was happening in society today, in the world today. 
Um, it was pre-planned. I mean, I, I, and I just wanted to say, um, I throw my support out there that a peaceful solution can come with this. Um, and it's a very trying time what's going on right now. So, so with that, I want everybody to stay safe, live long, or as how I should say it, nanu nanu, live long and prosper and may the force be with you.